Welcome to And The Nominee Is, an Oklahoma podcast with a twist. Hi, I'm Julie Clemens, and I'm your host. So here's how it works. Each guest has been nominated by a previous guest. All of the guests have a connection to Oklahoma, whether they've just visited here, they work here, or they live here. This keeps the podcast fresh, fun, and right here in Oklahoma. Now you know. My guest today is originally from Muskogee, Oklahoma. She put herself through college waiting tables and graduated from OSU in 1976 with a degree in radio, TV news, and public affairs. She spent 26 years in broadcasting, 21 of those at KJRH Channel 2. While at Channel 2, she also ran a Brookside B&B and designed and manufactured a clothing line for seniors. She served as a member of the Will Rogers Memorial Foundation, the OK Pop Foundation, Tulsa Arvest Board of Directors, the Oklahoma Academy, and the Chamber of Commerce in Tulsa, Jinx, Sand Springs, and Southwest Tulsa. She is the Vice President of the Oklahoma Historical Society's Board of Directors. She served four years as Director of Community Relations and Vision Implementation for the then-Mayor Bill of Fortune. She is currently the Tulsa County Commissioner, and she has formally announced that she is running for Mayor of Tulsa in 2024. Welcome to And the Nominee is Karen Keith. Ah, thank you, Julie. Delighted to be here. And thank you, Beth Ringle, for the nomination. That was sweet. Yes, she had so many good things to say about you. Well, you know what? Now that you you bring her up, let's let's talk about your relationship with with Beth. How did that form? Well, we were actually neighbors uh, at one point, and Beth was, you know, she was an anchor at Channel Two, and absolutely gorgeous, and you know, and had this beautiful. Uh, persona on television but if people didn't know her outside of television she was just as lovely uh inside and out and <laughs> so yeah that's our beth and she said that she you came from colorado and you started out working in weather <laughs> i did i were i i uh well i was a reporter at channel eight uh like a weekend reporter when i my senior year at osu and then uh I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move Julie because there's something beeping in the kitchen. I don't know what it is. So I'm gonna go back to the bedroom. <laughs> That's um, okay. I can't hear it. Oh, you couldn't. Okay. No. I was just thinking. Okay. Um, so anyway, I, um, as I started as an intern at Channel Eight, and and worked my way up. You know, I did the weekend weather with Don Woods, and we had this thing called AccuWeather, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, we'd rip and read, basically. I didn't really know that much about weather. But it was a good experience. I mean, we painted. We had big old paintbrushes, and we painted on a glass board the what the, the weather fronts and all that stuff. It was very, very different from what you see today. Oh, wow. And Don Woods was, I mean, quite the artist, right? I mean, I know just from Gusty. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and just a wonderful soul. A wonderful soul. So then... After, well, let's go back here. So you're from Muskogee. Uh-huh. You were um, heavy in the 4-H club. Is that right? You were a 4-H oh, girl. Oh, yes. 
And then what would make sense, you're going to OSU, agricultural school, right? But you choose broadcasting. Why is that? Well, I always knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I did debate, like, I mean, like eighth grade on the eighth grade debate team. And, <laughs> and you know, it just kind of wet the appetite. And, I, you know, I had Barbara Walters as a to look up to oh, yeah. uh, later. And uh, I just knew that's what I was going to do. And I kind of never looked back. Do you think that broadcasting helped build a foundation in which to hold your professional ladder, meaning broadcasting teaches professional integrity as being the cornerstone. While And while you're on TV, I'd like to think you gained trust, um, accountability, all that kind of stuff. So being in the professional world, like right now, being our county commissioner, do you think that helped you in that position? I think my background in television was a huge asset. Um, because I, I know how to meet with new people and, and have a conversation. Uh, and, you know, I, I it makes you unafraid. I mean, I was pretty shy as a kid growing up. And so this, you know, this was a nice leap for me to go from broadcast then into running for office. But I never could have gotten there without my background in uh, news. Right. So what gave you the idea to run for Tulsa County Commissioner. I mean, from broadcasting, that's a, that's a big leap. That's yep. like totally, totally different from, um, I mean, really, yeah, when you, you're on one side of the camera, now you're really on the other side all the time. That's right. So w- when I was at Channel 2, there was a group of us, and I was always very interested in what was going on, you know, civics kind of <laughs> I was concerned right. about our downtown, and a group of us got together, and we, you know, we took a bus to Oklahoma City. How did they do their maps program and revive that, uh, you know, their downtown? And so that was my kind of first foray into trying to figure out how we could do something for Tulsa. And then, I don't know, a couple of years after that, there was an opening. Mayor LaFortune was in, and they were talking about doing an initiative. And part of that initiative was to bring downtown back to life with the BLK Center. And so I went down there and interviewed. He had an opening, and I just said, "This, I want, I want to do this. And I feel like I can help. If we have to do an initiative, I feel like I can help sell that initiative. And I got the job, and you know that changed my trajectory. And I love the work. I thought, boy, I, I, I had this kind of almost scared that I would be depressed or go through some kind of withdrawal from being from doing what I'd done all those years. Right. But the truth is, I got there and I loved the work. I loved it, and um, and you know, and working with Mayor LaFortune was. You know, it, it it was just such a wonderful experience and the crew that he had assembled. So it really changed a lot of things for me, but I loved it. And when I worked on Vision 2025, I got to know um, the county commissioners, in particular Bob Dick. And um, Bob was like, you've got to run for county commission. You've got to do this. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so after Bill lost his reelection. 
um, I went to work for the chamber. And again, that was really good experience for me because I got to know I was working with some of the equestrian groups and getting sponsorships for them as, and bringing, helping bring like the Arabians to Tulsa. So it was a good experience for me, particularly to be a county commissioner because all that work is going to Expo Square and the county commissioners serve on that trust. Right. So it all just kind of it was well woven, let's just say that. And so when the election came up for county commission, I decided I was going to run. And it was, and, and then that, again, that was an amazing experience. And I have to say, I have so enjoyed this job. And the people I work with are incredible. Um, and I've learned so much from them. Now, you know, here's another opportunity. And it's something I want to do because I did love working at City Hall. But I've also loved working at the county. And I feel like with, you know, with my background, I'm kind of uniquely positioned to have wonderful working relationships across the two government entities. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I'm just, I'm pretty excited about the opportunity. Yes, I would be too. And I think it's the ultimate public servant to be able to run for mayor, become mayor for a city that you love, a city that you've reported about for years and years. And now you can actually help create positive stories for this for this city and for generations to to come. So um, what is your goal then? What are you thinking about when you run for mayor, uh, become mayor? We're going to think positive here, right? And <laughs> what are we thinking about um, changing, doing? I mean, what what's your vision for the city? Well, first I want to say that I think GT uh, in his two terms has done an absolutely remarkable job and through some very difficult times. I mean, the two of us were shoulder to shoulder through COVID. Um, and then when we had all the flooding, um, mm. GT was there. When GT was serving as a counselor, he helped um, when nobody else, you know, the city was really paying that much attention when I was trying to get funding for the levies. GT was the one who worked to get the other counselors on board and help us to uh, work on the homeless issue and continue some of those efforts. I want us to work on affordable housing. We have to make it easier for builders to get their permitting. And it's just been an issue for administration after administration after administration. But I have some ideas and, and working with the developers. I've gotten some, I think there's a way we can uh, finally move the needle on this. So, and and the mayor's done some, he has made some strides as well. Uh I don't ever want to take anything away from him. Um, and, you know, there's some things that we're going to need downtown, and it's going to have to, you know, we need a new county courthouse. We need uh, a new convention hotel. So we have to look at how we would fund that because it's going to impact the whole county, both of those pieces. So there's some exciting things on the horizon. And, and, and you know, I'm I'm just, I think there's a lot to look forward to. It's also really on uh, the move. I heard that you had talked about homelessness and adding infrastructure to improve our city. So what kind of infrastructure are you talking about? When I'm talking about infrastructure, it can mean a couple of things. I mean, we certainly need to continue to work on our streets and the city has passed enough packages where the dollars are out there. But it just, I know our streets are still um, 
something that most tall sons Yeah, I was going to say, it affects so, everyone, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It does. It does. And if it's on your way to work or paths that you take every day, yes, you're impacted by it. There are just things we need to, we need to take a look as a, as a region. What do we need next? When we did Vision 2025, downtown Tulsa was dead as a doornail. Uh, Broken Arrows downtown was meh. I mean, Awasa was meh. After Vision 2025, we all invested. We chose to invest in our downtowns. And it is remarkable what all of our downtowns look like now. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of us. And I say us, I mean the taxpayers who bought into the idea of, you know, improving these downtown areas where people now want to be there. There's restaurants, there's hotels, there's entertainment. All those things have have come to fruition. And it worked, you know, and we said if we invest in ourselves, we're going to see some a lot of private investment follow. And that happened. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the private dollars after our public investment have, you know, they've lapped us many times. Uh, But I think the private sector wanted to see that, public was going to do some of the basic things to make it ready for them and i'd love so i'm proud I'd of love, yes and i'd love seeing downtown uh doing so well it's it's funny now that it's doing well for a long time you know it wasn't like you said before vision 2025 and but i remembered um my parents my grandmother always talking about shopping downtown you know, all that uh-huh. yes. stuff. And I'm like, what? I would always look at like, what, you shop downtown? And she says, oh, it used to be the place to be. And it's fun that it looks like it's it's the place to be again. It is the place to be again. And what's kind of fun is a lot of those old uh, department stores, they are becoming loft apartments and uh, restaurants and retail and all sorts of things again. So, um, I mean, it's really been fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, I'm excited about it. So I heard you say you are uh, people above politics. So what do you what do you mean exactly by that? What I mean is on the local level, there's a book. It's called If Mayors Rule the World, and it's about how local governments know how to get things done. And when you get uh, at the federal level, things are so partisan that – you know, things just get into gridlock. And it's not just happening in the U.S. It's all over the world. And so on, local government can really get things done. I mean, county level, you can get things done. Uh, as a mayor and city councilors, you can get things done. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just a wonderful space to be in where you can affect change. And that's what I love about it. I would, you know, some people are saying, oh, you're going to go to Congress. No, I, I want to work here. This is the space that I want to invest this in. This is your home. This is my home, and this is where I can get the most done. And anyway, it's, um, but it, it, you know, local government works. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, it's funny because um, I was listening to another interview with you and you were talking about, I don't know if you still do this or not, or how old that interview was, but that you go to the Crescent Cafe once a month in Sand Springs. Do you still do that? I do. It's just so great. We started that before the first campaign in 2008. Uh, and I don't know if any of the original folks are there. I'd have to think about it. But it's just been such a, it's a fun wonderful place and a lot of the same people um over the years you know 
come and we just share what's going on. What are some of the problems? Hey, there's an issue on the, uh, you know, out near town and country and we need to uh, fix it. You know, we, the people would bring those things in and you know, you have to say, thank you. You can't have your eyes and ears on every problem uh, throughout your district unless people tell you. So Anyway, it, it, that's just been a lot of fun. I think it's wonderful, and that's what made me think of people above politics, because you're just sitting in a cafe in Sand Springs, yeah. Oklahoma, and, you know, eating some breakfast or whatever, and and actually having real conversations, and that is so important, because you listen, and as a reporter back in the day, you learn to listen. Oh, yeah. Yes. Again, I guess can't imagine I could be doing what I'm doing without my background. Right, and yeah, you were you were good at that, and you're good at this. So um, let's move on to homelessness. And oh man, talk about a touchy, hot topic here. Uh, well, I guess not only in Tulsa, but everywhere. I mean, what's happened is we don't have enough housing uh, for folks. I mean. Last year when we did the point-in-time count, you meet people on the streets. They have vouchers to get assistance for housing, and there's no place for them to go. Mm. So they have this piece of paper, but it doesn't. What's it, it going to do? Yeah. What's it going to do? Yeah. Because there's not enough housing. So, you know, there are ongoing efforts to build additional housing. And, and not just put, you know, what we're doing now with this housing is putting multi-levels of housing so it's not you're not just building a, a, a complex that's all low income you're putting different levels in there and that model seems to really work better for everyone now is this a tiny homes area you're talking about well now this that's some that's another whole different oh, concept oh, okay the tiny home villages i love them um sarah grounds is doing one up north uh we have another one uh, Eden Village going in uh, west, mm-hmm. and Tulsa County believed in them so much. The county commissioners put some of the ARPA funds. Uh, we gave each of them, I think, five hundred thousand oh, wow. to try to help with their basic infrastructure. And and the, this concept is that these little homes, uh, where the homeless they can live, they can live there the rest of their life. Oh, I was going to ask you that. Like, is there a time yeah. limit? Okay, so they're not an in and out. No, they can if. You know, and it's certainly if, if they get stabilized with all the wraparound services that will be offered, and then and they choose to, they can move out and get in a single family home or something. That's great. But if they don't, if this is the place where they find and create home, that's where they'll be. And the, so, this concept, of Springfield, I think, is building their third. And they're doing these in different parts uh, around the country, and they all seem to be working. So it's not an untested model. I'm just uh, excited that we're doing pulling these two out of the ground. And uh, Sarah Grounds has just done some amazing work with the homeless in in the Tulsa area, and she understands that community probably as good as any. Right. And then, of course, you know, we've got our day center for the homeless they're expanding services now where they can take dogs in because some people will stay on the streets if they have a dog and they can't take their dog with them they will not get get in shelter and i get it yeah I mean, oh, totally we're dog lovers too i totally get it um so that's part of this concept where you, you're if you're building you know additional space for people You've got to add the component if it's an emergency shelter where they can bring their animals with them. And they're called low barrier shelters. And most cities are now investing in those. And the city is looking at 
another concept. Just add some more space yeah. for to get more people off the streets. Um, you know, we've got the old juvenile center. We've got some folks um, who are builders and developers who are thinking about trying to, you know, kind of put, clean that place up and maybe reopen it because we could house maybe 60 individuals in there. Uh, it's not perfect by any stretch, but it certainly beats living on the street. Oh, absolutely. And having shelter. I know you're not um, an expert with, with all this, but back to like the tiny home. So we uh, house the ones that need house, need, to, need a roof over their head. Is that um, then how do they, are they able to support themselves? Do we help with jobs? Um, how is that area maintained the houses taken care of all that kind of stuff well so for instance they're gonna they will be paying rent most of them have some type of social security or disability check so they will be paying uh for they will be paying rent three or four hundred dollars a month um and then i know that brad johnson who's doing eden village he's going to be teaching them he came for he had Lawn America, that was his company. He's going to be teaching them how they can set themselves up in, a, say, a lawn care business. Ah. Um, you know, so yes, there will be there. You know, and people, these people work with workforce development. I mean, there'll there'll be some of those components in these wraparound services, and all of that makes a difference in whether you know you can get some folks out. Now, some folks are never really going to be able to hold down a job, but some of them will right. once you right. get them stabilized. You know, the other issue we have, obviously, is the uh, mental health. And, I mean, years ago, government kind of just abdicated its role, shut down all these facilities, and and, and those people ended up on the streets. And that's not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. It's And it's certainly not good for our downtown or any of the downtowns in the region. Um, so we have a new mental health hospital coming online in 26 and Grand Lake Mental Health has just added additional beds. So we're, there's getting some relief. Some relief is coming in that area. But we still got a, about a two-year gap uh, with some of the housing that's coming online and also the mental health beds. Right. It's about 2026, what, 160? Right. Things should get better. So these, um, sorry, I, I keep reverting back to these tiny homes. What would be nice, you said you had somebody coming in, um, helping them, like, get jobs with lawn care, that sort of thing. It would be really nice to have their own um, community garden. and Oh, they'll have that. Okay, good. They, and Those things are planned. It's... It's really... Oh, that makes me feel good. Good. Yes, those things are planned. I mean, I, I love what we're doing as far as the mental health building. I, sorry, I forgot what you called it, but... And the tiny homes. Um, we're doing so much to treat and being in like health and wellness. I always think about treating as wonderful, um, but do we have any kind of a plan to prevent this? It just seems to be growing and growing and growing, and how are we going to try to prevent homelessness and all this in the in the future do we even i i know we can't just ma- wave that magic wand and it it all disappears you know day one when you become mayor is there i wish i wish yeah and way. and i know it's it not doesn't. just tulsa it's everywhere yeah. so um it's just it breaks my heart to to see this happen and um hopefully we can move into an area where we you know we can work on preventing this and not treating it mm-hmm. well and it, you know you've, you're dealing with people who are drug addicted or alcohol having issues with alcohol and so having some rehabilitative services 
available also matters. Right. Um, it is it is just very complex. The layers of issues are deep. And um, if somebody says it's a, they can wave a magic wand, I'm all about <laughs> it. But I don't think it'll work. Um, so, but you've got, a, a, I think the important thing too is that, you know, the city kind of lead in this effort and, and, you know, you've got to engage philanthropy. They have done, worked in this space for years and years and they've done remarkable work. And so they know, uh, you know, that that's a huge piece of how we will end up being successful is, you know, with their continued help. Um, but, so TPD's got the River Patrol Unit and then the Downtown Impact Unit, and they're working with the Mental Health Association of Oklahoma on how to deal best with the homeless. So that is having an impact that um, downtown. We, we can see that. It's helping and, and doing more of that. So the TPD is really getting engaged uh, in that effort, and that really, really matters. They can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's stop all the shop talk and tell me what you're doing for New Year's. <laughs> well, I hope to just be home. <laughs> you know, so we do too. We're like, we celebrate East Coast time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the idea, you know, in the old days, yeah, maybe, I don't know, be up till midnight, but it's like, oh, it's 1030, let's go to bed. I yeah. know, I know. I know. I didn't, you know, I just, it's like, I don't want to be driving around either uh, on New Year's Eve. It's, I don't know. Oh. We'd, we we much prefer a quiet New Year's Eve. We, I mean, you know, we were thinking about going to dinner with some friends and they were like, well, that's kind of, we won't make it till 10. And <laughs> let's just, no, we'll figure, let, let's go. So we're doing dinner uh, actually tonight instead. <laughs> our, Perfect. Our New Year's. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, Karen, we have reached the part of the podcast where you get to nominate someone else to be on the podcast do you have someone in mind well oh my gosh there's so many amazing people out there um if you haven't interviewed allison anthony she heads up our united way campaign and she is remarkable so uh, i would definitely think that she would be a good interview i also think that kathy taylor would be a great interview but i can i'm going to send you some ideas <laughs> okay i've got them a plenty um, all right so we'll I mean, there's so many we'll wait to hear the so list many, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Well, Karen Keith, thank you so much for being on And the Nominee Is. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Good luck with everything. I hope um, in 2024 we can talk again and I can call you Mayor Keith. Let's, well, we'll see about that. Let's, <laughs> let's make it happen. We're going to make All it right. happen. All right. Thank, uh, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You take care. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of And the Nominee Is. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.